Investigators, this is a stalker case out of the Pacific Northwest where a man, a hunter, was stalking young women from Eugene to Portland. He kept notes in his pockets, listing young girls he would watch, their hair color, how many days he would see them, where he would see them, if they were alone, the cars they were driving, and he would also rate them by number between 1 and 10 on how attractive he found them. Then one day he snapped and kidnapped a 23-year-old woman who was closing up a tanning shop. The victim was working alone at Palm Beach Tan in Milwaukee. Police say that Swoboda threw her into his purple van, but she fought back and jumped from the moving vehicle. Right now she is recovering at the hospital. That's me reporting on the case after the woman was kidnapped and thrown into his van. Police would refer to that van as a mobile prison or a dungeon on wheels. Before we dive into the case, I want to let you know that the content is graphic and might not be for everyone. I also want to remind you that there's a special shout out to everyone who wrote reviews on Apple Podcasts. It really helps independent podcasts like this one get noticed. So please subscribe rate five star and write a review. Now after the episode, I'm also gonna share with you a couple true crime podcasts I think you're really gonna like. Now on the case of the stalker Kelly Swoboda, otherwise known as the Van Sicko in Portland, Oregon. Investigators, you're on deadline. From the Hollywood Hills to your ear holes, this is True Crime Deadline. A podcast discussing cold cases, murder mysteries, and completely random thoughts. Now, here's your host, a man who stands in front of crime scene tape and talks on the TV box for a living, Mr. Mystery himself, Matt Johnson. And thank you for joining me for this week's episode, episode 13, which takes us back to Portland, Oregon. Portland is a timber community located along the majestic Willamette River in the Pacific Northwest, known for the Rose Festival each year, and also the rivers, the waterfalls, the green landscape. It's gorgeous. Now, it rains almost every day, and that can range from a drizzle to a major downpour. Today, it's a trendy place for a live music scene, craft beer, and a food scene. The architecture is very East Coast for a West Coast community, And there's a streetcar that's pretty cute that runs through the downtown area and all through Portland, really connecting it over a cobblestone road. This is where I'm a news anchor for the ABC affiliate. The year is 2014, and on January 27th, our story begins. A young woman was closing up shop at the Palm Beach Tanning Salon in nearby Milwaukee when 49-year-old Kelly Swoboda walked inside the shop walked to the back where there was an office. He was armed with a gun. And this is a recording of the victim who talked to police. And I opened the door and he was standing there with a gun pointed at me. She was closing up this tanning salon in Milwaukee when a strange man walked in on a January night. He seemed to know exactly where she was in a back office all alone. I was just like, I'll give you all the money from the salon if that's what you want. Just don't hurt me. And then he pulled something out of his pocket and he hit me over the back of the head twice. She went on to say that he hit her twice in the back of the head with a gun. He wrapped her with duct tape around her wrists and her ankles. And then he forced her into his van. 
that was parked just in front of the shop. The sliding door of the van was open. Now, police called that van a mobile dungeon. I have pictures posted online on my website called truecrimedeadline.com. There was porn in the back of the van, rubber gloves, lube, chains, and duct tape. It's unsure where he was taking her, but she planned her escape. Remember there was a dumbbell, because I found it in the back, and I had con- I considered hitting him with it. Okay. And I had to, but then I decided I don't want to hit him and make him angry. Or something clicked in me, and I was like, oh, I can jump out of the van and get away from him, because I was so scared as to where he was going to take me. She went on to say that she planned her escape, and she jumped out of the van. And when she did, a V8 juice bottle hit the ground, along with a receipt from a local grocery store and a wrapper to a porn DVD that also fell out. Now, passerbys ran over to help, thinking that she had been the victim of a hit and run. She was bloody. Her head was bleeding. Skull fractured. Her eye swollen shut. She was scraped up pretty bad from the road and from the fall. Medics rushed her to a hospital where she was able to say this. She said that she was abducted by an older man with gray hair and glasses. Police collected the evidence from the scene and a forensic team worked through the night. DNA on the V8 bottle matched an unidentified man's DNA profile found on beer cans at one of several unsolved bank robberies in Clackamas County. Detectives also noticed a date on a receipt for a V8 bottle and went to the Albertsons grocery store where it was bought six days prior. They pulled up the security video, and in the store, there was a match. An older, Caucasian man with gray beard and glasses wearing all black. He matched the suspect caught on camera dragging a victim out of the tanning salon. Meanwhile, another team tested the porn DVD for any DNA, and on the wrapper, bingo, a fingerprint. The print would match a convicted bank robber, 49-year-old Kelly Vern Mark Swoboda, a dangerous man who had already been convicted of a DUI in 1999 and for several bank robberies in the area in 94, 99, and 2006. Now he's the suspect in several more bank robberies in the area. And with this information, police now have pictures a description, and they waste no time. They contact all the news stations and put out an alert. This is part of my report from that day from the local news station. Take a listen. It's very close. Yes, I know. That's what freaks me out. Because my daughter likes to walk, you know, she's 17, you know, she likes to walk around and hang out with people, but I won't let her now. Not when he's around. Once I know he's captured, then yeah. My kids are staying in the house. Patty Bergio is not letting her teenage daughter out of her sight. Not as long as Kelly Swoboda is still on the loose. He's 49, considered armed and dangerous, and accused of kidnapping a 20-year-old woman Monday night. The victim was working alone at Palm Beach Tan in Milwaukee. Police say that Swoboda threw her into his purple van, but she fought back and jumped from the moving vehicle. 
Right now, she is recovering at the hospital. Today, the U.S. Marshals have joined in the manhunt. They tell us that Swoboda he has a long criminal background. We're going to have more on that in just a little bit. But again, if you have any indication where he is, any clues, you're encouraged to call police right away. Now, it's unclear where he was hiding for months and months because there was no known address for him. I interviewed a former neighbor in between, and you could hear in her voice during that interview how scared she was. She had small children in the house. At the time of this report, the victim in the tanning salon reported that the suspect van was purple, but in fact it was green, and that kind of held things back. It was the same green van spotted on camera outside several banks that were robbed. About three months had passed and still no arrest, but I remember our station and others doing several reports trying to get his picture out there as much as we could. This was a very, very disturbing abduction case for everybody and a close call by this sicko. Meantime, we would later learn that Swoboda was stalking young girls while he was on the loose. Then, in March, Portland police received a number of calls saying that a man in a green van was following girls at the Hillsdale neighborhood in southwest Portland as they were walking home from middle and high school. And that tip changed everything. On March 12th, 2014, police were called to the Hillsdale neighborhood in southwest Portland to a report of a suspicious man who was following female students near Wilson High School. Portland officer John Romero and two central precinct officers, they responded. This was near Hillsdale Library. So when the first officer arrived, he saw Swoboda. He called over to him and he said, Hey, what are you doing here? Swoboda responded, he was on his way to the library, and that he was lost, and that's why he was driving slow. Swoboda turned around and walked away. And at that point in time, the officer, they noticed that the license plates on the green van did not match, and so they called Swoboda to stop, but he kept walking. He refused the following commands, and then at some point, the two opened fire. There was a shootout in front of the school, in front of the library. Swoboda was armed with a 45 caliber handgun and shot the school resource officer, John Romero, an eight-year veteran with the Portland Police Department, in the hand. Swoboda was shot three times in return and died at the scene. The medical examiner would determine that it was a bullet to the chest that led to his death. Inside his pocket, was frightening. It was a handwritten note with a description of 20 girls and women who he was stalking in Eugene, Klamath Falls, Clackamas, and Portland. It mentioned the time of day he would see them, where he would see them, their hair color, their body shape, who they were with, what they were driving, if they were driving a car, maybe they were on a bike. And he would also mention if he thought they were easy to abduct and he would rate them on a scale of 1 to 10 on how beautiful he thought that they were. For example, he wrote this in his note. He wrote down, Beautiful brunette near Oregon Episcopal School tennis courts. He rated her an 8. 
and a ballerina outside Eugene Dance Studio. And then also on the list was a woman in a small town in Klamath Falls. Next to Swoboda, when he's dead on the ground, is his green van, his prized possession, outfit with chains, handcuffs, ropes, zip ties, duct tape, rubber gloves, lube, porn magazines and DVDs featuring young girls, teens, and women. Investigators also found smeared blood inside the van on the driver's seat and the sliding door. He took out the back seats of this van, this is how much of a sicko he was, to make more room for rape and tying up his victims. The van was filthy inside and out and had two different license plates, as I mentioned, that didn't match. I remember the next day, local reporters, including from my station, went back to the school, Wilson High School, where he was shot in front of, and interviewed parents and students going to class. They told reporters that the officer was a hero, and he is. And one girl said he was shot in the line of duty protecting us. Now, as for Swoboda's family, I remember that local news went to talk to his mother. She didn't want to be identified. Shocker, right? But said that she still loved her son. She said that it was sad that he died on the street, that he was her baby, and he was no animal. She told reporters that he had a mental illness and struggled with depression since he was a child. She said, quote this, His chemical deficiencies is what made him do it. He needed help not to be killed. Are you kidding me? If she knew that, then maybe she could have gotten him help. Again, police had no record of where he was living, so where was he sleeping at night? Maybe she could have done something. I digress. Police believe that there might be more victims out there, which is why I have Kelly Swoboda's pictures on my website, truecrimedeadline.com. Now, after he died, a grand jury decided that the use of force, the shooting and killing of Kelly Swoboda, was legally justified by the officer. As for the victim at the tanning salon, then 23-year-old woman, she was hospitalized for a week and says she doesn't even remember the life-saving move of jumping out of that moving van, the moving dungeon, but she's thankful to be alive. I'll post pictures and video of the case on my website, truecrimedeadline.com, and on Twitter and Facebook under the same name. Now, remember, after the episode, a shout out to those of you who wrote reviews on Apple Podcasts, and I'll share with you a couple true crime podcasts that I think that you're going to like. But I'll leave you with this final thought first. So court documents show that in 1999, when Kelly Swoboda was arrested for DUI, the initial stop, the initial police call was for a suspicious man trying to lure a 13-year-old girl into his green van. Which is why, again, police think that there might be more victims out there. So please, let's share this episode and find out if that's the case. Investigators, until next time. Thank you for investigating True Crime Deadline with Matt Johnson. For more information about the podcast, visit truecrimedeadline.com. And remember, all tips regarding a case should go to the police. Until next time. Mr. Gatsby, want a cookie? Good boy. 
Now, we'll post episode shout out to investigators who wrote reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. Okay, so Random Watkins writes, slick, very slick, and love his dog. Okay, so Mr. Gatsby loves that one. Thank you. And also Mr. Gatsby, my French bulldog, came from Great Britain. So this comment comes from the other side of the pond. Thank you. Um, and it says, Matt, Mr. Matt is smooth. His background really shows production and editing, etc. And really feel he's empathetic to those who he talks to and their loved ones. Not so intrusive um, and really cares about the story. So very impressed. And thank you again for that. The next one um, is titled Sizzle. And it's from Video Julie. And it says, I don't know what's hotter, Matt Johnson or his smoking podcast. Well, I can tell you, it's probably the podcast. Thank you very much. Okay, so the next one is by um, Big Ace Man Fan. Can't get enough of MJ. Awesome podcast. It has a great pace and it's to the point. Keep it coming. And I will keep it coming. Uh, we have a couple exciting new episodes that I'm actually editing right now. And I just got those interviews. So stay tuned. Every Sunday, new episode. Again, writing reviews really helps independent podcasts like this one get noticed. So thank you. And we're up against networks, studios, and TV channels that do this sort of thing. So again, thank you. It's easy, it's free. Hit five stars, subscribe, tell a friend, write a review, Um, include your real name and your podcast name if you're a podcaster because I want to give you a proper shout out. Now, speaking of podcasts, I'm excited to tell you about two true crime podcasts I just found. The first one called Nature vs. Narcissism and the other one called Beyond Your Nightmares. Let's start with that one. Beyond Your Nightmares is a mix of scary, creepy stories and mysteries that make the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Take a listen. You obviously love listening to true crime podcasts, but what about those evils that aren't real and instead haunt your nightmares? Beyond Your Nightmares is a creepy pasta podcast that brings your greatest fears to life. Turn off the lights, jump into bed and put in your earbuds. It's time for a creepy bedtime story. Listen to new episodes of Beyond Your Nightmares every Friday on iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Search Beyond Your Nightmares on your favourite podcast catcher. And while you are there, please rate, review and subscribe to show your support. And you can find them and us, for that matter, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere, anywhere that you binge, where you find podcasts. Please like us. Now, the next one, the next podcast that I want to tell you about is called Nature Versus Narcissism. And it's a true crime comedy podcast based in Cincinnati, Ohio, where Heather and her guests discuss true crimes and the narcissists who commit them. Sometimes they drink a little bit. And they have a little bit of fun, but here's their promo. I'm Heather. And I'm Rochelle. And And we're we're the the hosts of Nature vs. Narcissism, a true crime podcast mixed with some dark humor. Sometimes we have alcohol. Sometimes we have guests. Sacramento, California. Canton, 
Michigan, Green River, Honolulu, Hawaii, Omaha, Nebraska, Niagara, North Dakota, Gloucester, United Kingdom, Dakota County, Wyoming, Epizoyacon, Hidalgo, Mexico, Flint, Michigan, Boston, Massachusetts, Phoenix, Arizona, Woodruff, South Carolina, Edmonton, New York, Hudson Valley, New York. In Season 2, we will examine notorious killers in cities across the globe from A to Z. We'll delve into their criminal history as well as their upbringing to try to determine why these killers commit these violent acts. Was it nature? Was it nurture? Or was was it it plain plain old old narcissism? Find us on your favorite podcast streaming service. Don't call the cops. Bye!